Hello, everyone. Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I am your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was brought to us by Pastor Shad McDonald on October 30th of 2022. The scripture readings come from the book of Mark, chapter 5 and verse 25. Also, the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 14. The sermon is titled, He is Not Out of Our Reach. If you would like to stay up to date with the most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. You can also share this episode with friends or with family by tapping the share button. And if you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Listen as Pastor McDonald assures us today that Christ is not out of our reach. Thank you for listening. Fifth chapter of Mark, verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. The fourth chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If the Lord would stand by me, I want to label these lines. He is not out of our reach. I am so thankful we have a Savior that can be touched. If you will allow me, please, I want to take this opportunity today for your benefit to try to walk you through an invitation. The Lord laid this on my heart, and I trust that I can do this. But for our benefit, I want to try to show you what coming to Christ really means. Hallelujah. I want to take this slowly and painfully, a step at a time, so that I may can help you make that walk 
and you can come to Christ. I'm so thankful that when I was real young, the Spirit of God dealt with my heart in a special way, and I was made aware that I could come. And I want everyone in this room today to know of assurance you can come. I want you to know that Christ is concerned about you and you can come. You have access. You can come to him. There are a lot of people in this world that we are, we are honestly out of touch with. I mean, there's just no way we can get in contact with them. Um, I, I have no way of, of reaching the governor of Alabama. I have no way of reaching the president of the United States. To, for me, that person is out of touch. When I pastored in Texarkana for 13 years, um, I uh, was friends with the Prince family. And then uh, James Prince died. And I was called upon to preach up until that time and to this day the largest funeral I've ever preached in my life. I buried James Prince. Uh, his son was Junior, James Prince Junior. And James Prince Jr. was the sheriff of Bowie County, Texas, a very large county in Texas. And so I preached about Jacob and how that he had a power with God and man, and Jacob was a prince. So I preached James Prince's funeral, and I preached on a prince of a man. I preached at the First Baptist Church of New Boston, Texas. It was wall-to-wall, packed capacity legislators and dignitaries of state and county and lawyers and all type of people of law enforcement, big crowd. And God anointed a holiness preacher to preach salvation to that crowd that day. If I live to be 100, I'll never forget when Sheriff Prince walked up to me and said, here, this is my phone number. He said, if you ever need me, all you got to do is call. I put that number in my uh, contacts and still to this day, you can look in my contacts, and there's this simply sheriff, and that's the sheriff of Bowie County. I needed him one time years ago, and I thought, well, I wonder if it'll work. And it was, it was late at night, and there was a situation come up. It was quite critical, and I just hit sheriff, and it rang. And immediately the lady answered the phone and said, uh, Sheriff Prince. I said, I need to speak to, to James. I need to talk to the sheriff. She said, sir, and I knew that at what was going on. She said, the sheriff is very busy right now. I said, you tell the sheriff this is the preacher. In 1.25 seconds, he said, hey, preacher, what do you need? I was in touch. I can't get in touch with the governor. I can't get in touch with the president. But when I say Jesus, I'm in touch. <laughs> Just that quick, I'm in touch. And so today I want to walk carefully and slowly through this invitation and show you that you can get to him. And I want you to look at this woman right here and the dilemma that challenged her life. She was really in an awful place. She suffered a chronic problem. This was a plague that she had dealt with for years. It rendered her unclean. And I think you see what the story means. It's very easy that uh, the world over, people have a sin problem. 
And because of sin, we're unclean. Because of sin, we're defiled. Because of sin, we're disfigured. We're defaced. We're disabled. And this woman, she had a plague that dogged her every footstep. And it seemed like it was always after her. And so she, she had a problem. And today, the world has a problem. But aren't you glad that there's a man named Jesus that can fix the problem? And, and, and I don't know what your problem may be today. I don't know what complex of life you're dealing with. I don't know what sense of inferiority or, or such inability or insufficiency or insecurity that you're dealing with. Something that uh, you're facing in your world, but it's very real to you. And the thing that may be plaguing you may not be plaguing your neighbor. But irregardless of what plague it is, there's a man named Jesus. He can take care of it. And so she suffered a chronic problem and she was surrounded by a crowd of people. And she was there among this press, among this throng, among all these people that was just pushing and, and against her. And she had to try to thread her way through the crowd. She had to thread her way through that throng of people and try to navigate. And maybe through the multitude she would see him and then she would lose his, his uh, face and then she would see him again. And, and, but he's there somewhere along there. He, he's over there somewhere. And then, and then she said, I know what I'll do. If I have to go around behind, I'm just going to come through behind in the press. And if I can just get through the crowd... I think sometimes the worst hindrance to all of us in coming to Christ is our peers. I think we allow those that are around us to hinder us of getting to Christ. Where somehow we feel inhibited, we feel hindered uh, because of the people that are around, what are they going to think? When the truth of the matter is, it don't matter what they think. You've got to get to Christ. I heard, I heard my mother tell about the first time she ever felt conviction. And as ironic as it sounds, nevertheless truthful. My mother said she was about 10 years old. And they had got a television. And Billy Graham was preaching on the TV. And as I said, as odd as it sounds, but yet truthful. She said, son, the first time I ever felt the Lord deal with my heart. She said, Billy Graham had preached a gospel message on the television. And she said, and then he said this, I want everyone in this coliseum to stand. And everyone stood. And Billy Graham then said, now I want you to do this. I want you to step out from your seat and come to the front. And I want you to do it. And I want you to do it now. My mother said in her innocency as a child, she didn't really know what that was. She said, but when that preacher said, I want you to do it, and I want you to do it now, she said, that's the first time I felt God deal with my young heart. And my mother was married, had family, children, us boys, before she ever gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. She said, but I remembered that first time I ever felt that when I realized I had to get out from the crowd. Anybody understand what I'm saying? And I've got to come to Jesus. And so today I'm talking to you about invitation. And what you're going to have to do here in just a few moments is leave your seat and come to this altar. But you can do it. And you can do it now. <laughs> 
And that's the wonderful thing about coming to Christ is when we come to him in a real innocent way and we say, no matter, no matter anything else, I want to come to him. The dilemma that challenged her and the desperation that compelled her. The Bible said she had heard of Jesus. I cannot imagine a world without Jesus in my life. From my earliest years, from the time I was just preschool, it's all we knew. Mother took us to Sunday school to the First Baptist Church of Bay Springs, Mississippi when we were four and five. So to my earliest days, Jesus. Aren't you glad for that name? Hallelujah. <laughs> Can you imagine a world without Jesus? I'm so glad we live in a world that Jesus came to our world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad for Jesus. She learned of the power of Christ. Now she longs for the presence of Christ. That today is why you're here. You may not yet fully know that. You may not completely understand the meaning of that. But the reason you're here today is because you sense there's something missing in your life. You sense today that there's someone that you need. And that someone is Jesus. Because there's no one that can satisfy an emptiness like Jesus can. There's no one that can fill that hole in your heart like Jesus can. For the brokenhearted, for the burdened down, for the weary and the worn, for the marked and the torn, for those that feel unwanted and unneeded and unappreciated, for those that feel like you're on the bottom, for those that feel like you've done too much and you've went too far and you're hopeless and hurting. May I say there's a man named Jesus. Amen. And he excels in mending broken hearts. Amen. He's best at taking those that are maimed, marred, and mangled and putting their lives back together again. And this woman here that is at the end of herself realizes what I need to do is get in his presence. The desperation that compelled her, the deliverance that changed her, the Bible said she touched him and immediately, how fast is that? How quick does them lights come on when you flip that switch? Instantaneous, literally in a moment, in a millisecond, faster than you can blink your eye. Salvation is such a wonderful miracle that you can come to an altar, bend your knee, open your heart, and simply say, I'm sorry. And in a moment, a lifetime of guilt is rolled away. In a moment, your sins are forgiven just as fast as you can say, I repent. He says, forgiven. Hallelujah. Just as fast as you can say, I'm sorry. 
just as fast as you can say I'm wrong, he says it's covered. How fast is an instant? How fast is a moment? How fast is that? How fast was it when Peter was out on the dark sea and he finds himself sinking because he's got his eyes on the storm? And what does Peter say? Lord, save me. And the Bible said immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Hallelujah. How fast is that? Just in that very brief moment, in that single instant, Jesus reached out and took him by the hand and lifted him up. Christ can save you just that fast. I have, I have an article that I've kept for probably 20 years. Uh, Toledo, Ohio. A woman was driving down a street in Toledo and unbeknownst to her and the and the many uh, automobile drivers and the pedestrians and passerbyers, they was a water main that had blowed and put a huge cavity underneath the asphalt. And this woman passed over that, and when she, the weight of her car passed over it, it crashed through the asphalt and down into a fort foot hole she went. And that water main uh, filling up that cavity... <clears throat> Rescuers came and they dropped a great big extension ladder and was able to rescue her. And there was a journalist there that wanted to get the story. And her answer probably was not what he wanted to print. He said, ma'am, what were you saying when you went off in that hole and that water started filling your automobile? She was saying, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me. And he had to put it to print. Well, I just have to say it today. I was going down for the last time and I said, Jesus, save me. And he saved me at that instant. May I say today, he'll save you and he'll save you not tomorrow, not next week. He'll save you now. The deliverance that changed her. It was the virtue of Christ that cleansed her wholly, completely. And it was the voice of Christ that comforted her within. Immediately she was made clean. And then Jesus said to her, Daughter. He didn't label her defiled. He didn't label her disgraced. He didn't label her disabled or disfigured. He called her daughter. <laughs> Hallelujah. And may I say that's what coming to Christ really is. That's what coming to Christ really means. You won't leave like you came. In Jesus' name. That's the invitation. You're standing, Father. Thank you for the privilege to preach your word here today. Thank you for what grace means. Thank you for what grace does. And I pray, Lord, that some soul, some life in this room today will fully understand and appreciate what coming to Christ means. For that young man, that young lady, that man, woman, boy, girl, whoever it is that needs to come to you, help them do that today. Thank you.
Heads bowed, your eyes are closed. <coughs> the Lord's here to save today. I've tried briefly and clearly to talk to you about what coming to Christ means, what it means to accept Christ as your Savior. And I want you today that feels the Spirit of God tugging at your heart. And you know that God is speaking to your life. And that's what you need to do today is just come. Come to Him. you to do that some years ago many years ago I was preaching a special meeting and while in one of the services I sensed the spirit of the Lord dealing with a young man and I, I did something that I don't advise unless the spirit of the Lord is really moving on you but I felt prompted to go speak to that young man and so I went to that young man and I said, Preston, Preston, I said, I believe the Lord wants to save you today if you'll come pray. I'll never forget. His words were instant. He said, I'll pray if daddy prays. His dad was a backslider, Mike, on the other side of the building. So I said, I'll be right back. So I eased up close to Mike and he felt me lean against his chest. I said, Mike, Preston says he'll pray today if you'll pray. His words also were instant. He said, let's go. I went for one, he got two. <laughs> I don't know how many the Lord will save here today, but I can promise you this, he'll save all that will come to him. Hallelujah. <laughs> He'll save everybody that comes to Him. You feel the Lord dealing with your heart and you want to come to Him, I want you to come right now. On my right side, you men. On the left, you ladies. Come on, just step out. I want to come pray. If you feel the Lord dealing with you, come on. Just one Just touch let me, let me get will through. be enough for all you're needed. So when you hear him say, Come, I wouldn't walk, I would run right now to get to Jesus. Do whatever it takes to get to Jesus just one touch will be enough for all you so when you hear him say come I wouldn't walk I would run right now to get to Jesus It's your call. I need to pray in church. We need to turn up the heat just a little more. Let's labor in this altar service together. Let's labor in this altar. You'll come. Come on, pray. 
say it. I want to I pray. Come and give your heart and life to Christ. Just come and pour your heart out to Him. God giving me this message and you being here today gives me great hope. It says to me that God is not finished with you. (laughs) It lets me know he's still extending a hand of mercy and he wants to show you grace, save you today. They're singing. Whatever it takes to get to Jesus. Jesus. Just one time.